place called Kokomo That's where you wanna go to get away from it What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Witches of Galilee Place podcast. Brennan and Damo back in the show. It's been a while since we both have recorded together. We had, uh, well, Damo had some other stuff going on, and then times didn't work out. But thanks to Chase Carroll for for coming on and uh, taking place last week and going over the the Donovan Mitchell stuff. Uh, It sucks we didn't get to go over the, the Donovan Mitchell stuff together. But I'm sure maybe we'll talk about it at some point in the future. Maybe it'll resurface. But today we're not really going to focus on that. We're going to focus on the moves that the Wizards made this offseason. We're going to sort of recap the offseason, what we did, and just uh, sort of looking forward. But before we get into the basketball stuff and the Wizards side of things, preseason is starting back up this week. Well, I I guess technically if you want to count the Hall of Fame game as the the beginning of preseason, then – Kicked off about a week ago, but the bulk of the games are going to be starting this week. My New York Giants have their first game tomorrow, I believe, against the Patriots, if I remember correctly. But, Dom, I know you're a Ravens fan, former Commanders fan, but how do you feel about your Ravens this season, man? We do this every year on the pod. We go over NFL teams and predictions. Give me yours for your Ravens this year. I mean, they're being slept on, you know. Uh, it's, been a lot of, it's been a lot of disrespect this summer in regards to my guy eight uh of course Lamar Jackson and it's it's you know what I'm just I'm I'm making a list man like I'm I'm just like you know I'm I'm making a list and I'm just I'm just ready you know a couple months from now I'm gonna pull that list out and that's it that's really it like I'm I'm just making a list because folks really acting like they weren't winning the division before they got hit with the most injuries in the league and and not to like bench reserve guys like starters and then and then it you know it became it this summer for whatever reason i guess because of the contract and everything it became it became bash lamar summer so i say i'm just i'm just ready to pull these receipts out and i'll I'll just leave it at that how did you feel just because it kind of connects with my giants a little bit and i know you mentioned the the injuries to the Ravens, specifically with their secondary. How did you feel about them letting go of Wink Martindale? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you got you can't you can't keep everybody, right? Like it's it's you know it's a it's a salary capped league, and you gotta you gotta prioritize. Like I, I just think, I guess I guess for me. For what they need, I, it's not that big of a hit to me. I'm more so looking at what this wide receiver core is going to do, and then what they're going to do at at linebacker because it's it's looking it's looking a little it's looking a little suspect there. Those two spots for me. That's why I'm like this news about a uh, uh, boy from Chicago. I can't his name is escaping me right now. All pro uh, from Chicago requesting a trade i'm like they should be all over that oh, and, yeah roquan smith yeah they should be all over that i mean he's just he he just fits ravens like elite instincts uh sideline to sideline man like straight up dog like and when have the ravens not had an elite linebacker like over the at least over the last you know with the exception to the last couple of years, but they always have an elite linebacker, and I just feel like he would he would fit perfectly in our culture, 
And then I'll be trying to call OBJ, man. Come on down, man. Go ahead and be a number one again, man. Um, we'll wait on you eight weeks to get right. And then come on, step on to a playoff roster and go get this ring. So speaking of receivers, how did you feel about them trading Hollywood to Arizona? Like, did you care? Or were you like, nah, let's get that first round pick? And, so, you know, it's crazy because I was at a draft party <clears throat> and I think that trade happened like. It happened after the A.J. Brown move, the A.J. Brown trade to Philly. And it was just so random. It was like, what the hell is going on? Like all these all these guys trading receivers, I guess, because they don't want to pay them. Right. But in the, in the case of Hollywood, it was just like, man, you know, respect for what you've done here. But, uh, yeah, uh, we're not really going to miss you like that. I just never felt like he was like a number one. Like, so, you know, for what we got back for him, it was just like, OK, you know, time to time to time to uh, find an upgrade. Because I just he, I just felt like he dropped the ball too much. Um, and he was kind of more so like one dimensional, like he was either going, it was either a post route or a go route. And then a lot of times he would drop them shit. So it's like, you got a guy that don't, you don't really have like a, a, <clears throat> a guy that can play in between the hashes and, um, <clears throat> uh, get you those key contested ch- catches on third downs, um, to move the chains. He's really just a, he a gadget guy and, and, and those gadgets is not, you know, he wasn't the best even at that. So it's like, like it, it'd be nice to have him, but I'm not losing sleep over that. Uh, give me a win total for the Ravens this year. What do you think they're going to go at? It's a tough division, though. I think the Steelers could be a little bit easier to handle just because of the quarterback situation. The the Browns, I mean, who knows how Brissett's going to play. Um, but obviously the Bengals, I think, are probably going to be the favorite. But what do you, what are you feeling for the Ravens this year? I mean, let's see here. They've av- how many wins have they averaged with Lamar Jackson at, at, as quarterback? Uh, what, like 11, 10, somewhere around there. It's been 12. 10, 14, 11. And then, like I said, last year, they were leading the division until the, until the injuries hit, right? So I'm going to go with – I'm going to go minimum 11 games, man. Like 11 and 6. That's okay. the that's – the, that's the that's the floor for me. Okay. And that's that's well, you know respectfully to the uh, the rest of the division, the Bengals. You know that's the that's the flavor of the, of the year this year. Um, and then you got uh you know the Browns getting getting Watson, even though he probably gonna be done for the year. Um, but but yeah, I I, I got eleven eleven wins as their floor, man. <laughs> So for my New York Giants, um, obviously really exciting changes. General Manager Joe Shane, uh, head coach Brian Dayball. We got our coordinators, Mike Kafka from Kansas City and then Wink Martindale from the Ravens. So um, I feel pretty good about our coaching staff and general manager. As of now, there were a couple things over the offseason I didn't really like. Um, We should have traded Saquon Barkley. Uh, Joe Shane should have traded him as soon as he got the job. And he's still on the roster. So it's pretty much now like, well, if he has a bad year, then you're going to get rid of him for nothing when maybe you could have gotten like a sixth or a seventh for him in the offseason. Um, and then if he plays well, then you're kind of forced into paying him a little bit in a position that you really just don't want to invest a whole lot of money in. Uh, that They decided to not draft a quarterback and keep Daniel Jones, which I think was the right decision. Uh, if they had opted to take a quarterback in the draft, I would have understood. But I think for Daniel Jones, how to look at it this year is, 
Um, you're hoping that he forces you to put the franchise tag, which means that he obviously had a really good year. And if the team is still not good and he's not progressing, then ideally the Giants are in a decent spot to um, to draft a quarterback in what is going to be a much stronger quarterback class this year. So that's kind of how I'm looking at it. Um, I think if I had to put a win total on it, I think I would say four or five. If they were to hover around seven wins, like six or seven, I would be really impressed with that given the circumstances because I still don't think it's a great roster. Um, Kenny Galladay, our big free agent acquisition a year ago, this is probably going to be his last year with us. Um, I know Dave Gettleman had originally structured his deal so that um, if we needed to get rid of him after a couple of years, then it wasn't going to be that big of a financial hit to us. So, um, but we'll see that with Galladay, uh, breakout player to watch on each side of the ball. Kadarius Tony, who actually was really good when he was on the field last year. And then defensively, Kayvon Thibodeau. Number five overall pick. So those would be my two guys to watch on either side of the ball. Yeah. He's a dog. So the fact that we were able to get him at five and then Evan Neal at seven, I felt really good about those first two picks. Yeah, y'all had a y'all had a good draft this past draft. Um so you so you you would want you would be okay with seven seven, eight wins? Like wouldn't that kind of be middling where you I feel like a season like that for y'all would be worst case scenario because you I feel like that's still you're still gonna have questions about Daniel Jones, but then you knock yourself out of getting a top tier quarterback in a in a great class. So like, feel, wouldn't this kind of be either playoffs or bottom the hell out so you can go get it get a real quarterback? Yeah, I guess you could look at it that way, but I guess I'm kind of looking at it from the angle like of the new regime taking over. Like, if they were able to take this team to six to seven wins in their first year, I think that would be impressive. That's all I'm saying. Um, the, of course, uh, you would like to to bottom out to position yourself to take a quarterback if Daniel Jones does not have a good year. I mean, obviously, I, I think that that would be the goal. Um, again, I think realistically they finish around four or five wins. Would it surprise me if they finish with three or less? No, not really. Um, but but we'll see. It's it's it, it should be a fun season though, regardless. I'm just hoping that it can remain competitive at least for like. Uh, can we make it to week seven where I still care about football? And then because it, it, it's usually like we get to week five or six and it's like, all right, well, we already know our season's done. We're like, oh, we're five or one and four at that point. It's like, yeah. So um, just at least make it competitive to like week seven or week eight. And then I guess I'll be happy with whatever result we get. But um, moving on to some basketball stuff. So like we already said, the, the Wizards offseason is pretty much over at this point, unless there's a trade that we don't see coming. But I, I, I think it's still kind of the same level of frustration we were at, at the beginning of the offseason. And you can even argue that it's a little bit more frustrating. Um, but obviously the the Wizards didn't make a big splash. They didn't make a couple moves, uh, bringing in Will Barton and Monte Morris, which I think we had been talking about during the season. You know, Monte Morris is a guy that the Wizards could try and bring in. Um, Will Barton is obviously from the area, uh, a good, a decent shooter, a good off ball or a good on ball creator, off bounce creator. So I, I think these are nice additions. You add DeLon Wright. Um, which is a guy that you'd really like, and we talked about several times during the season. So um, adding Taj Gibson to be like a depth big, veteran presence. So pretty predictable moves, I feel like. And I think that the team got 
better. But again, when the, when the bar is so low, it's like how marginal of an improvement are you actually making? And I know that the, the, the narrative is, well, we haven't seen Beal, KP, and Kuzma. And so we'll kind of get into all that here in a little bit. But what was your what's your thoughts on the Wizards offseason now that we've made our moves? We drafted Johnny Davis, and now we're here until the season starts. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, you know, beside the Johnny Davis pick, I mean, I like what they did um, as far as the trading trading KCP for uh, uh, Monte and uh, Barton. And it, it's kind of a move that I kind of said. Like, it just felt like Monte was going to be our starting point guard. Um, you know, I know I know. initially when it was first rumored – you know, you had Denver reporters saying that you know Monte wasn't getting traded and all that, but it just made too much sense. You had a you had a guy in Bones you just drafted that that was first team all rookie or second team all rookie. He can play, and then you you know you got Jamal Murray coming back. It just you know Monte was the obvious expendable piece, you know, because right. I think he 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 did well for himself this year. He started seventy plus games, averaged like twelve points, like five assists, you know elite shooter off the three, elite assist to turnover ratio. Like, that's, you know, that's a guy you can look at and say, all right, he may not be a star or all-star, but he he's going to hold the position down. He's not going to hurt us. And that's really all you you want when you're running the team through a BOKP Kuzma, um, right. you know, setup. So, um, yeah, I, I like the deal. Um, it's just a matter of I think the Wizards have enough pieces to be – a playoff team is just a matter of how they deploy them and whether they're going to defend and, 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 and buy in um, offensively sharing the ball. And so by playoff team, do you mean top six or you mean like, just like play in and then like you win the play in? I mean, like, I mean like legitimate top eight seed and then they, they okay. might have to, you know, like, I don't mean like they're like a nine seed, 10 seed, and then they got to play the play in just to hop in the eight. Like, like how I was with, you know, Russ's, Russ's year. I mean, like, like legitimate top eight seed throughout the year. Um, and then maybe they can get up to six so they don't have to deal with the play-in. Um, well, let's get the elephant in the room out of the way here. Um, Johnny Davis, right? So I know that we've talked about Johnny Davis at nauseum. Um, just, just kind of going through players here that may have a role. We'll kind of start at the bottom and uh, work our way to the top. Um, obviously, in summer league, wasn't really impressive. Uh, I could see him being successful in a scenario where he doesn't have to have the ball all the time. Um, I think he's already probably going to be one of the top three or four defenders on the team, which is not a good thing to say. But at the same time, I guess that is an asset that Wes Unsell Jr. can can uh, can throw out there to to utilize in that sort of way. Um, he's obviously not going to have much room to create for himself with all the different guys we have on the roster. Uh, Monte Morris, Delon Wright, Beal, Kuzma, KP, Rui, Denny. I mean, these are all going to be guys that are going to be prioritized more offensively than him. So um, I could see him being successful, but I also don't see how he gets minutes right away. Yeah, I, I, if, I mean, from what I saw out of summer league, um, you know, I feel like he needs, he, needs stand, he needs to stand to go on the go go, and it's like that's not a, that's I'm not saying that as a knock because it's been plenty of guys that were developed through their teams, uh, uh, 
G League affiliate. Like, Pascal Siakam is a prime example. Like, Pascal Siakam played hella G League minutes. And, you know, he turned himself into an all-NBA level player. Like, I'm just like, why is it that first-round guys here feel like, you know, you know, they should be above playing in in G League? Like, I I just, you know. the, The context is important. What number pick was Pascal Siakam in the draft? Yeah, he was the, what, 27th pick, I believe? Right, again, like, it's the context of it all that bothers me. This is not an attack on Johnny Davis the person, Johnny Davis the player. He is what he is. The frustration goes back to Tommy Shepard and why, and now you knew you were going to commit to Beal. You have this window where you're going to try and win. Why did you draft a guy that's just simply not going to be ready to contribute right now? It's just... It's just frustrating. I mean, if, you, if you let him tell it, they didn't think Kispert was going to be ready to contribute. But that sounded, that didn't seem right because I'm like, if that was the case, why would you draft an older guy? You draft an older guy who's four years in college with that type of skill set to be ready to contribute. So right. I just don't know, man. I, I, you know, Tommy, I, I've said it before. He kind of talks out of both sides of his, you know what? So, uh, you know, it, you just got to kind of parse through the BS with him sometimes. Um, but <laughs> it just makes, you know, just seeing, but, but back, back to Johnny, just seeing him play, you know, against real NBA, you know, against, well, now I won't say real NBA comp, but NBA bodies, uh, you know, it just makes those, those Johnny Davis at point guard comments just laughable. Cause there's just no way in hell that that's happening anytime soon. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm just like, uh. I really think he needs a stint in, in the G League so he can work on some things, get accustomed to the, the athleticism jump, the strength jump, um, and kind of find a way to kind of reinvent himself because he's not going to be a guy in the NBA anytime soon that's going to get the green light like he had at Wisconsin. Like, like I said on Twitter, at Wisconsin, he was playing small forward. He had a 32% usage. He got to shoot 20 times a game inefficiently, um, you know, without without any type of consequence. Like, no NBA team is going to do that for him. So he's going to have to, like, recalibrate how he plays the game on this level. And that's going to be a big adjustment for him, for, especially for a guy that's not a shooter. Like, you know, it's yeah. not like he can just switch on Corey Kispert mode and become this off-ball Maverick, like he ne- he's never played like that, so he's gonna have to learn, and that and that's gonna be a huge jump for him, I, I believe. Uh, moving up to Taj Gibson, uh, obviously just signed his depth. Uh, I actually like the signing just because of the veteran presence. He's perhaps a little bit more sturdy than any of the other centers we have on the roster. Like if we had to. If Gaffer was in foul trouble and you wanted to keep KP out, but you didn't want to keep KP guarding fives, you can put Taj in. Um, I I think that he'll be solid. You know, obviously he's not going to be good. Um, he was never really athletically – I mean, he could dunk and he can get up, but I felt like athletically on the court he wasn't ever that much of like a dominant presence. You know, he's always just been kind of a guy that's sturdy in the paint, will stand you up and let you shoot over him. You'll miss more times often than not. Um, and he can still surprise you, you know, but I mean, all in all, I mean, given what we're signing him to do, you could have done a lot worse. Like, I, I don't mind it. Yeah, I, I, 
I think it's a sneaky good signing, man. Um, I get maybe maybe I'm a little biased because I'm I'm just thinking of scenarios where Gafford and KP play together, and like I want to see that, and I think Taj allows the Wizards to go to that more, sure. um, more often than not because he's a you know what he's gonna bring. He's a sound vet. He he keeps you uh, you know he 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 keeps you uh. Accountable. He's gonna keep guys accountable, um, and I just think he can play. Like I, I just think day one in training camp, he's gonna be a guy getting in guy, dude's ass, and and the Wizards need that. And I think he can give you, you know, fifteen to eighteen minutes a night. And them fifteen to eighteen minutes he's giving you, he's not gonna hurt you. And then you got you got to deal with KP and Gafford front court. And, and I really want to see that. I was really happy that they decided to bring back Anthony Gill. I think that he's a solid player. I don't think that he ever has a bad minute. And if he does, it's extremely rare. Um, he's a patient player, knows his role, can hit the three ball. Um, sneaky finisher around the rim. So I like the signing and solid defender. I mean, this is a guy that if, if Rui's defense is not up to par and guys are getting by him and he's not paying attention on backdoor cuts and all that, he put Anthony Gill in and problem solved. So, um, and, and they didn't have to pay that much to keep him. I think it's around the same money as he was signed to last time. I think a little bit more expensive, but it, it didn't take a lot of money to do it. And he's a solid player, solid 11th man. So, yeah, I, I like the signing for Anthony Gill. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, another one where he's just a guy that just doesn't make mistakes, um, and you can you can rely on him to play solid backup minutes for you. And then it also gives you flexibility should a, a trade come down. Um, you know, if if you got to combine some, consolidate some pieces and move move some guys to upgrade your starting five, um, or to or to upgrade the, your your top eight rotation, Anthony Gill gives you the flexibility that he can slide right in as a backup. So. Um, I, I like that. I, I like that they kept him because um, I think he's a he's a good uh, he's a good player, man. He's just solid, just a solid vet. Delon Wright is a guy that I like either to come off the bench or start whichever direction they decide to go in, and I'm and I'm sure it'll be Monte. But if they decided to start right, I mean, I'm not um, I'm not upset with that. I, I think he was one of the the best point guards on the market, best two way point guards on the market. I think he's going to help our shooting. Um, I think he's going to help in terms of being a floor general. And he's just a guy that you can use as a ball handler or not. And he gives you size about 6'5", 6'6", um, about a buck 90, maybe a buck 95, somewhere in there. So not the not the worst NBA body in the world. And, um, you know, it's a good signing. You know, 8 mil or whatever he's at between 8 and 9. I mean, ideally it's a little bit lower, but it, it's – we were in need of a guy like that when you weren't bringing back Sadoransky. So um, all in all, I mean, I'm pretty happy with the DeLon Wright signing. I think it was one of the best moves that they could have made given the, the cap situation we were in. Yeah, another another sneaky under-the-radar signing. Uh, again, another guy we've kind of been banging the table for, you know, before the before, uh, free agency opened up. I just felt like he was like a Sato plus um, and we saw kind of how Sato kind of helped them defensively and got them moving the ball better. <laughs> but in DeLon Wright, I feel like you got a a better defender, a much better defender. Um, I mean, shoot, just just in 2021, he was averaging 10 points a game, 
four assists, four rebounds, and almost two steals. You know, shooting 37% from three. Like, if you can get that guy back, you know, and I, and I feel like it's just opportunity. Like, if you can get that guy, you got one of the best backups in the league. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 like the, I like the idea of, of him, and I think he gives you some point-of-attack defense that this team has severely lacked over the last four years. Uh, moving up to Daniel Gafford. So I, I, I think Daniel Gafford is the most talented young player that we have in terms of executing your role. Um, solid production. His game translates really well in the modern NBA. So, and, and there's room for improvement. I mean, his potential, I mean, at this point is still pretty hot. You know, if he can develop uh, an elbow, a little mid-range jumper, maybe – take it a step out further. Uh, he, he does have some things he needs to work on. I think he brings the ball down too low. Obviously, the foul trouble is well documented. Um, but, but this is why he's going to be the backup for now, right? So, um, But Daniel Gafford, I still feel, could have a, a really solid season, either next to KP or uh, coming behind him off the bench. You know, I think that I just want to see him stay out of foul trouble. Hopefully, he stands his ground a little bit more. Hopefully, he's beefed up a bit. Um, but... I still like Daniel Gafford, the, the prospect in general, just this season. You hope to, to to where he starts to turn from making the young player mistakes and start to find a little bit of a, a veteran feel to his game. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, I, I think he's <clears throat> the best young guy on the, on the, on the team uh, currently. Uh, and by young guy, I mean year five or, or lower. Uh, and I think, he, yeah, he's the, he's the closest to a projectable starting role of all the young guys to me. Like, I, I, I honestly, I want him to start this year. Like, I, I think him and KP could be a, a twin towering defensive force, man, if deployed correctly. Um, especially if you got a point guard that that can can get you really into your stuff and, and maximize those guys. Um, I, I I just think I think this is a big year for him. I really do. Um, because I think if he takes, if he if he becomes more consistent, being able to just stay on the floor, not in foul trouble, his conditioning. Because remember that's been a thing, where you know he can only play four minute stints. Like if he if he can become a guy that can get you a legitimate twenty five to twenty eight minutes a night. I think that really changes the outlook of this Wizards team this year. Yeah. Uh, in theory, I like that. I just worry about KP going up against fours where he has to move his body a whole lot and requires a lot more of the the knee sudden movement if you get fours now because they can dribble and they have a, a quicker first step. So I, I'm a little bit concerned about that. Uh, certainly against certain teams, go for it. Like Cleveland, sure, go for it. Minnesota, sure, why not? Um, but they got to guard sure. him too, though. They got to guard him too, and like and like for once, for once, I want to see the Wizards do something to make another team react. Not oh, we matching up with y'all. No, motherfucker, y'all got to match up with us. Let's see how you adjust to us instead of us always playing backpedal. You know, sure. Um, sure. But but that's just my thought on it. Sure. No, I, I definitely understand it, and I'm sure they'll do that in stretches, but. I'm just trying to think of what's the best way I can preserve your health. But I, I guess you can look at that two ways, right? Because do, do you want him 
banging down low with the fives all the time either, you know, not necessarily. So I'm, I'm sure they'll try and find a, a fine line to kind of split between playing the two roles. Cause you don't want him outside where he's having a dance with guys all the time, but you also don't want him on the inside where you can uh, get a knee bruise or something or a thigh contusion. And then all of a sudden he's out for like two months. So, so. Um, I'm sure they'll try and, and find a nice balance with KP. Uh, moving on to Rui. I'm going to be honest, man. Um, I don't have, like, much stock into Rui at this point, I guess you could say. Um, so off the, off, the, off the ship, man? No, 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 no. I just mean in terms of, like, a long-term role. Like, because I don't know – I don't think you can commit to paying Rui – and Kuzma. I mean, you're, I mean, clearly you're probably going to have to either pick one or the other. I'm not allocating that much money to the position when you can have a guy like Anthony Gilby or backup, and then you can use the money elsewhere. I, I like Rui as a, a prospect, but I, I'm sorry. And again, it, it's, it may be unfair to him, but when you miss half the season last year, and then you come back and you're basically just a spot shooter, even though he was damn good at it, that's still like a, a replaceable role to me. So for me, he needs to take a step up on the defensive end of the floor. Uh, maybe if they decide to up his minutes somehow to 25, 26 minutes, maybe we can start to see more of the, the mid-range around the rim, run the floor, Rui. But for me, a backup spot shooting floor uh, four is a replaceable role, in my opinion. So that's just kind of where I'm at with him. It's not that I don't like the player, but if we're going to use him as a spot shooter – then I think we can find a cheaper option to do that. Whereas if we keep him and we go into the offseason and we're saying, okay, well, we want to keep Rui, we're pretty much going to be at the mercy to, to pay whatever that is. And it's not like it's going to be like $20 million or anything, right? But if his agent says, okay, we want you to pay us 11 to 12 annually, I mean, what are the Wizards going to say no to that? I mean, that's a, that's a tough spot to put them in. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, um, I, I was saying this on Twitter. Like, I, I think... I still believe in Rui's talent. I just don't know if it's going to happen here. Uh, right now, that right. Kyle Kuzma's in the fold, and then, and I still say Denny is is a four to me. Like I, I feel like uh, that's where he'll be best maximized because you he'll have those rebound and go opportunities, and it wouldn't it wouldn't be as much pressure on him to shoot the three ball. Um, he can play like some dribble handoff. He can you know uh, catch the rebound and push the break. And facilitate that way instead of having to exclusively play on the wing where it's more creation involved. Now, now that left hand wart is bigger. Now, now the emphasis on him being catch and shoot from three is bigger. Um, but but yeah, Rui, I, I just I just don't I don't see a path where it happens here unless there's a Kyle Kuzma trade happening. Um, and, and right. I don't see that happening. So <laughs> I think they're going to ride this out to see who gels. Uh, how their top, you know, eight rotation looks. And then I think around deadline time, they're going to look to trim the fat. And I think he might end up being a part of that fat. Yeah, I mean, again, it's not against Rui. If they decided to trade Kuzma for a first-round pick tomorrow and then we we started Rui, I'm okay with that. Like, I'm content with that. That doesn't that doesn't bother me. Um, but it's, it's just the... The role that we have him playing, I mean, just the opportunities are just not going to be there for him to to do all the things that we saw his his rookie year. Mix that in with an expiring contract. I'm just not, again, I'm just not sure, like, 
I'm like that invested in bringing him back long term. I mean, we need more clarity on the position. Like you said, I think at the deadline, we'll kind of find out where they stand with that. Um, I would bet you by the deadline that one of the two is gone. I mean, the only way you keep them both is if you're like going to be a 50 win team and you just don't want to mess up the chemistry. Like that's the only way you can justify keeping both of them at that point, I would think. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if I look around the league, I'm like, who keeps that many power forwards on their roster? I guess Toronto, uh, you know, but I feel like even that, and that's a best case scenario. But you see, even kind of the the smoke with guys complaining about their role with with OG, like you know, they got OG, they got Siakam, and they got uh, uh, Scotty Barnes now, like you know. And that's not even counting, like, really, like, the, the vets that they have there that also play for power forward. Like, you know, it's it's going to be an issue. Like, guys in the NBA got egos, man. They want to play. They want to be able to show what they can do, what they work on in the offseason. And if you got th- two, three other guys playing their spot that need minutes, it's hard for them to do that because they're playing for contracts. So, um, yeah, I, I just think at some point, man, you got to You're gonna have to make a move. You're gonna have to make a choice. And I would like for them to be proactive instead of reactive. And there, there's a couple teams that need fours right now, specifically in our own division. I mean, Miami and Charlotte are both in need of fours. I mean, if if we could pawn one of them off, I mean, with Kuzma, I know we would definitely get a first round pick. Really, eh, probably not. But if we can consolidate there right now, get a first round pick in return. I mean, I, I would absolutely jump on that opportunity um, because. We need the draft assets. Maybe that helps you put in the the trade for Spida, you know, I, or, or Kevin Durant. You know, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just spitballing. But the point is, we need the asset. Yeah, you need those first round picks to to go get a real uh, a real upgrade somewhere. So I'm 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 with you. Um, Corey Kisper. I'm not gonna be. I'm, we don't have to spend too long on him, man. I just I just want to see him shoot the the, the three ball a little bit better. Uh, at the beginning of the season last year, he was really struggling with the speed of the game and just dealing with um, NBA bodies and athleticism size. But he adjusted pretty well, I thought, as the season went on. And obviously, he found his stroke towards the the end of last season. But other than that, I think he moves really well on the court. His in-between game is uh, is way better than I thought it was going to be. Um, he's a good finisher around the rim. You, obviously, you'd want to see him get a little bit better defensively. I think he's going to have to be one of those guys where he's a plus team defense and not uh, a plus individual defender, just trying to look at things realistically. But other than that, I mean, not really much to look forward to. I mean, he's a solid player. I don't dislike Corey, but obviously he's just limited, I think, in what he can be long term. Yeah, see, I don't want to say limited because, you know, I mean, all these most guys you draft in at 15 or, or outside of the top 10 are limited, you know, like they're, they're going to be role players. So what type of role player is is Corey going to be like? I feel like we kind of know he's going to be a, you know, a off ball spacer, a movement shooter. Like those are valuable in the league. And they especially are. if he adds just average defense to that, he's going to be a 10, 15 year player in the NBA, um, you know. It's a reason why to to close the year he was playing thirty minutes a game. Yeah. You know, he was he was eleven and three, forty nine, thirty eight, eighty four splits, you know, one nineteen offensive rating. Like I just I just think he's a pro. I just think he's a pro, man. And it would not shock me. He's my sleeper pick as the starting small forward if they stay I with agree. the 
if they stay with the Kuzma KP front court, um, he's my dark horse sleeper because I still believe Barton is more of a six man microwave scorer. And then you move Denny into the to the three, backup three, Rui backup four with Gafford, and then obviously DeLon Wright at the uh at the backup one. But I just think Kispert keeps your spacing, um, which right. is just so vital. Uh, you know, obviously there there would be defensive questions. Um but it wouldn't shock me, man. It would not it would not shock me if if he was our starting small forward this year. No, it wouldn't. I mean, and we even saw that the last year because there were opportunities where he could have opted to start Denny um, at the three, and he didn't. He chose to start Kispert whenever um, when Beal was hurt, and they they moved KCP at. Well, they technically kept KCP at the three and put uh, Kispert at the two, from according to Basketball Reference. But either way, I mean, the the point is that they had a starting spot to fill, and they chose to fill it with Kispert. I don't I don't think that that's nothing. Um, I think Wes Unsell Jr. probably values his skill set a little bit more at this point than than Denny. Um, speaking of the devil, the, the biggest hot topic on Wizards Twitter, um, you either love him or you just kind of sort of just think he's okay. I don't think anyone hates him. And, and that's such a narrative that, like, I kind of want to squash because obviously there are going to be people that think he's, like, garbage and not good. But the general consensus, I feel like with the – with the reasonable side that that's not outside of just being like, Oh, he's the greatest thing ever. He just needs more opportunity, this and that. Like the, the most opposite realistic opinion of that is he's just okay. And I don't think that that's a, a crime to say that now he has all the tools. Um, he has, he has good size. He has a good baseline skill set for a basketball player that he has decent IQ he has good defense when he's bought in. I, ideally, he has a nice secondary playmaking off-bounce aspect that you can kind of use in different areas. But all in all, man, um, I just don't understand how you come away with, like, just trying to, I guess, I don't want to say stand the guy, but it's almost like people are trying to stand him and, like, they're they're coming down on guys that just don't agree that he's going to be this this great player long-term. And we were messaging a little bit about it last night because of, uh, and now we'll bring it up, but we said we may not talk about this, but here we are talking about it. Um, the, the game against Auburn, like, I I don't care about that, man. Like, I'm going to be honest. And, of course, you want to see him put up numbers like that. But I guess the point is you're going up against college kids, like, in an exhibition game. You're an NBA player. You were a number nine overall pick. I would hope that you have a showing like that. So I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm disappointed. I, I think you could still see some flaws. Even when I was watching the highlights, I was like, this is really not that impressive. Like, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I mean, the, the, the confidence in the one deep three was nice. Um, he was able to, to drive to the rim a little bit. I mean, shit, if I was playing against five-year-olds, I mean, I'd go to the rim every time, too. That doesn't mean that, like, I've developed a whole lot. So, and I understand that Denny's still, like, college kid age, but those college kids have not had an NBA experience for what is going to be, like, three years now. So, it's it's a little different, but I don't hey, know how you guys, feel How many guys that. on Auburn's team are, are, are considered lottery picks this upcoming draft? I haven't looked, but I'm going to go ahead and say zero. 
Zero, right? So like, I, I'm just like, you know, like it was, it was, it was a game where it was like he had to play at a certain level. Like it was damn if you do, damn if you don't, right? Like he had to play well enough to say, okay, yeah, I'm a, I'm a top ten draft pick. I'm going into year three. Um, but he couldn't be bad in that game. It was just no, like if he was bad in that game, or everybody would have hit the panic button, including right. including his supporters, right? Um. But I, I felt like he he had a solid showing. Like he had uh, he had what I expect a guy in going into year three that was a top ten pick to have. But that's, I just feel like it's nothing you can take from it playing against college kids. Like I'm just like, okay, like is that supposed to mean now that you know he's gonna he's gonna be a, a you know fifteen point per game starter in the NBA? Because I feel like a fifteen point per game starter in the NBA drops forty in a game like that. Right, like, like if we put, I don't know, uh, who who's somebody that's like fifteen points a game? Uh, uh, Kuzma, Will Barton, right? <laughs> Will Barton, Will Barton. What does Will Barton do in that game? He, right, oh, Will like, Barton probably puts up about like thirty-five. Like, uh, yeah, that, that, that's like that's that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, it's like we're talking about a game against a college team that doesn't even really have a single NBA prospect on it. So what what are we talking about here? He might as well have been playing at, at goddamn uh, uh, Rucker Park some damn where. Like, it's just like, it's nothing for me to take from it. Um, I and, and for me, when I watch guys, especially him, I don't look at the what. I don't care about the box score. I'm looking at how you get your numbers. Like, I'm looking at your strengths and weaknesses. Like, we talked about it. The left hand. I still saw issues with that. <laughs> we talked about finishing at the rim with your left hand or just finishing, period. I still saw issues with that. And this is against college competition. Um, second half, he, he kind of got it together and he decided, all right, I'm not going to just, I'm not going to finish anymore with my left. I'm just going to dunk it with my right hand. Is that something that can translate into the NBA? Who the hell knows? But we about to find out, right? I, I, but it's just nothing I can really take from that game other than, okay, he didn't look like a disaster, so, you know, don't panic. <laughs> right, right. That, that's kind of what I took away from it, which is why, like, when people come, oh, it's going to be Denny's year. He, this is going to be his breakout year. Like, no, I'm, I'm not there with that because of that one performance. Now, that doesn't mean that that's not going to happen. Like, he could very well have a breakout year, but – I'm not going to claim that he's going to have one based off of an exhibition game against a, a college program. Uh, Division one at that, though. At least it wasn't D2 or D3. Um, so good, good on Denny for that. But then remember I sent you that, uh, that DM yesterday with, with Giannis putting up those numbers in that exhibition game, and it's like it's just so different. Like It's not like Denny put up 50 points, 17 rebounds, where you're like, all right. Like, like Denny is clearly – head and shoulders about pretty much like every other athlete on the floor. And I want to make it clear that the bar for Denny is to not be Giannis. I think that's a, a really, really unrealistic expectation to have. But my point is like, there's like levels with the, with the types of star players and like wizards fans are talking like Denny is going to be one of those elite, elite players. And I just kind of want to cool it. Like the guy still can't even shoot like 33% from, from three. And I know it's like, well, neither does Giannis. All right, fair, but Giannis also can dribble with both hands, has a post game, 
um, is a pretty good mid-range shooter. So we haven't seen any of that stuff from Denny yet. So it's just different. And I just want people to call expectations because I would hate for there to be these huge expectations placed and then he doesn't meet them and then everyone's upset and then it's and then no one ever wants to blame him either. It's always someone else's fault. It's it's Wes Unsell Jr. It's this guy didn't move the right way or whatever. It's like it's just at some point you just gotta try and call players, you know, what they are. And he still has room to grow, but he's he's just not there yet to to be like a real like solid top eight lock in contributor. Like he he's just not there yet. Yeah, I just, I just think it's so wild that, like, when I compare him to Boris Diaw or Nick Batum, people think it's a slight. Like, I'm like, did y'all watch them dudes? Like, did you watch Boris Diaw contribute to the Spurs winning a championship? Did you watch Nick Batum be a 15-6-6 player that earned a $100 million contract? Like, uh, what, like, what, like, why is that a slight? Like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand, but... Uh, you know, I'm I'm I guess I'm negative Nancy now and I hate on everybody and um you know. <laughs> oh well. Yeah. Yeah. I can say at that point. Um blah blah blah. I mean we already kind of talked on Monte Morris and Will Barton a little bit, but I guess let's talk a little bit more about Barton for a second. Um do you think he's gonna start like what's kind of your expectations for Will Barton this season? He's an expiring contract, but what what's kind of your thinking with him this year? Just don't fuck up. Maybe try and reflip him at the deadline if someone's desperate enough to give up a first. Like, how are you kind of looking at it this year for him? I feel like it's a it's a, <laughs> this 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 word again. Uh, the showcase, right? Like, I, I I feel like he's a showcase player. Like he 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 hits that salary you kind of want. He you know the number of years he's been in the league. Um, I don't really you know he's only got one year left on his deal. Like he's a prime trade candidate. Right, just the same way that KCP would have been a prime trade candidate if he if we kept him this year, because um, I, I don't really you have all these forwards on the team like that you just drafted in the last three drafts, four drafts, like Barton Barton to me does not fit this team, so it's like you, you probably knowing them, Wes is going to start him at the three, and because there's familiarity there and then he was a guy that was 14 points per game for a top six seed in the west last year and he's been a starter for multiple times he's been on a playoff contending rosters producing he's going to start west probably trusts him and then i think at the deadline depending on how the team go if they're gelling maybe he stays if if an opportunity comes where you could flip him for an upgrade he's probably a prime candidate to be moved um but i, I i'm He's probably my bet to be the starter, which is why, you know, when Tommy came out and was saying, you know, he's a shooting guard and all this crap, I was just like, yeah, that's what you say, but I'm, I'm watching what y'all do, and, you know, what y'all do says says otherwise. I wonder if he ever said that KCP was a, a shooting guard, too, because we all knew KCP wasn't. He's not an ideal three, I think, just because of his size. right? Like, skill set-wise, I mean, yeah, he's... He he makes a decent three, but um, height and weight wise, he's just probably not there. So I wonder if they have kind of the same thought. And I mean, for the record, I mean, as long as you have the talent around them, I don't think it's the worst thing ever. Like, I think there was kind of this narrative for a little while that everyone on the roster one through five needed to be six, five, six, six plus. And I don't think that that's necessarily true all the time. Um, I think as long as you have areas where you can make up for it 
and you're starting five, you can have shorter players in some spots. Like, well, Barton, I think, is what? 6'4", six, 6'5", six, somewhere. Maybe he's 6'6". Six, six. He's somewhere in that ballpark. I'll just say 6'5", to be on the safe side. But that's not the, the worst thing ever if you have some size in your front court, I feel like. So, I mean, I don't want it to make it seem like, well, he's not 6'8", and 230 pounds, so he's not going to make a good three. I, I don't think that that's true. But I definitely think for the shot yeah, creation-wise, like he's not like a, a 3 and D mold, you know? So I get why people would view him as a backup too. But again, like we were just talking about with the rest of the other wings, I mean, they, they, Wes Unsell Jr. may not have a choice in who he starts. If he feels like, well, Barton is the best player and will give them the best chance to win, then of course they're going to start him. Um, yeah, I mean, it's the trust factor. I just think, you know, you're bringing in two guys from Denver that Wes has familiarity with. Um, you know, and, I, and Barton played a lot of minutes at small forward for Denver, if I'm not mistaken. I feel like he's played most of his minutes of his career at small forward. The last time Barton played shooting guard exclusively was when he was with the the Blazers, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, I guess he's a, I, you know, he's a shooting guard by stature, but his career line says he's he plays small forward. Um, sure. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, we don't need to go much into Monte Morris, man. I, I think he's going to be a really solid player for us this year. He's not going to hurt you. Um, he'll, he'll probably contribute way more often than not. So, I mean, he's a steady player. I like Monte Morris. Always have. Um, whenever I do uh, a fantasy draft or an expansion league on 2K, I always make sure to get Monte Morris as my starting point guard. So, um, there's always that. Anyway. He, he kind of reminds me of Mike Conley. You know, not as talented, but like that type of skill set. Yeah, 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 sure. Um, let's see. Let's do Kuzma first. So, I I like Kuzma, the the player. I think he's a good leader. I think he's a good dude. That being said, if there was already a team who had offered for two first round picks, it would have been a crime not to trade him already. We don't want a repeat of the Berton situation, and he's a much better player than Berton's. But, um, I think that when you can try and capitalize on max value for a player that you typically wouldn't find. Um, I, I like to, to go ahead and do that, especially since, again, we we could use the draft capital. So um, even if you could get one first-round pick for him at this point, I think I would, but I could understand them wanting to hold on to their players for a little bit longer, at least going into the season. But – um, what's kind of, I think he's going to have a good year, by the way, and I think he's a good fit next to Beal, next to Porzingis. But um, what's kind of your mindset with Kuzma going into the year? Um, yeah, uh, I'm, 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 I'm cautiously optimistic about what's on the horizon for Kyle Kuzma. Like, you know, the fan in me, I want to see him take that next step and really solidify himself as a guy. Uh, that can be a top three option on a on a playoff team. Like I I think that's the next progression for him, and I think he wants to prove that too. Um, and I would love for it to happen here, but you know, you got to do it on the court because I think there's just a lot of chatter out here where it's kind of like you know he was on the Lakers and it was LeBron and AD. You know they could have won that with anybody, and you know he doesn't really get his due for that for the role he played there. Um, 
And I, I think now is his time to kind of really show, kind of spread his wings a little bit. And I and I hope it I hope it works out for him. Um, but uh, you know, from an on court on court standpoint, I think his playmaking can be a really uh, can really dictate the Wizards' floor. Like his his playmaking at six nine. I, I for me, if it was me, he would be my starting three. Like, and I would run a lot of the offense through his ability to run pick and roll and facilitate at 6'9". Could you imagine pick and rolls, pick and pops with him, Kuzma, well, you know, with Kuzma, with the ball, Gafford rolling, KP popping out, um, you know, Bill weak side to either tack a closeout or shoot the three, Monte Morris with his off-ball shooting ability. That's something I feel like is a modern offensive attack. Versus this kind of like traditional, you're the point guard, you're the shooting guard, you're the you're the rebounder, you're the roll big. Like, like I feel like we're at a point in basketball now where you got to kind of get creative and create mismatches to exploit. And I think Kuzma is a walking mismatch because of his versatility at six nine. So why not use it? Um, how are you viewing? KP, I guess, going forward. I mean, for the 17 games we saw from him last year, I mean, he had a, a hell of a good uh, showcase, if, if that's what you want to call it. I, I thought he played really, really well. And I think, and clearly, if he can keep up that level of play going into this year, I mean, there's no reason he can't be an all-star again. So um, I think the talent is there for him. Obviously, the big question is, uh, will he stay healthy? And then he does have an option at the end of this year that he can use. So you can bet that if he has an okay year or he's not going to get that much money on the open market, he's probably going to accept it. On the other hand, if he has a really good year and balls out, then he's going to decline and the Wizards are probably going to have to pay um, maybe a little bit more than that to keep him. So um, I I don't know how you feel about him. Like, is he another guy that maybe you would be be trying to move? Um, to me, he's a guy that I'm not like eager to move. But if the right deal was there and a team was able to to give us maybe a, a first round pick and some other players that we could use, I mean, would I be against that? You know, not necessarily. So, um, but but I think he's going to have a good year for us. I really do. I mean, uh, and I'm as big of a KP stand as you can find on the Wizards Twitter. I mean, I, I was extremely impressed with what I saw for the most part from um, this past season. Like I said, I mean, I think he's going to have a good year when he's healthy, you know, we'll put it that way. Yeah. Um, another one where I'm like, I'm cautiously optimistic, man. I, You know, KP to me kind of like seeing him play the way he played those 17 games. It was just like, it was kind of like an eye opener for me. Uh, because it really kind of put into focus what a elite big man talent looks like, and that we didn't really have one. Like, so it was like, whoa, okay, like this dude is the gravity he has. Like, and 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 like I said, with the mismatches, creating mismatches, it's just a matter of keeping him healthy. Like, if you can keep him on the floor, man, I just think he could be a menace attacking you from the four spot or the five spot, depending on how you want to deploy him, man, because he's seven three with shooting touch and, and skill. He got handled to get by you and 
put you in a position where your feet are, you know, moving and get you off balance. Like, I, I just, it's not a lot of guys like that, man. It's just not a lot of guys. Like, I can count on one hand how many guys that are 6'10 plus with that type of skill. Probably him, Cat, Anthony Davis, Jokic, and B. That's it. It ain't, it's not a it's not a lot of guys, man, that 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 have that type of skill set um, that play the play in, play the big. So um, I'm, I'm like I say, I'm cautiously optimistic because of the health. But man, if if they can keep him healthy, if they can get 65 plus games out of KP, I, I'm willing to say I'm booking. They they making the playoffs. Um. So I think everyone kind of knew the direction that we were going to go in when uh, with Bradley Beal, right? I mean, everyone knew that they were going to offer the money. Um, he gave out his little, I want to do what I think is going to help me win the most, blah, blah, blah. Um, we all knew that was just kind of him talking. It's not that I don't, not that I think he doesn't want to win. I'm sure he does. But um, the, the, the money talks, man. I think that that shows, uh, and just the league in general, who, who typically offers the most money, is who you're going to sign with. The Wizards could offer him the most money. That's who he chose to sign with. So um, talent-wise on the court, I don't think that there is a way he gets any worse than what we saw last year. Hopefully he is uh, a little bit, obviously, more healthy. And um, he can get back to how he was uh, a couple in a, in a few years ago because he was he's one of the best scorers in the league, uh, especially when his three ball is falling. And I know he only shot 30% from three, but again, I don't see how that can get any worse at minimum. So um, I don't have that high expectations for him, I guess, even though he signed the contract just because like, I kind of am okay with the player that Bradley is at this point. He's never going to be like top three at his position. You know, Um, he'll always still be a really good scorer. But until I see him put it all together, he's sort of just like, you know, like you could use him as your number one. I probably wouldn't build my franchise around him. But, uh, you know, this is what they decided to do. Um, But I I don't dislike Bradley as a player. And um, I'm not sure I would have given him that money. But then you should have traded him a year or two ago when he had more value. And they didn't. So we all knew that this was the end result that we were going to get to at this point. So, I mean, not surprising at all. Um, hope he has a good year. He's been a wizard his entire career, so I got nothing but love and respect for the guy. Um, at the end of the day, I just want to see us win. And a lot of it's going to dictate or going to be dictated on how he plays and performs on the court. So, naturally, I hope he, he balls his ass off, maybe gets in uh, to all-star talk again this year, maybe gets back into all-NBA discussion. I, I hope he has a real – out of everyone on the team, I hope he has the best year out of everyone. Yeah, because his best year is going to determine how far the Wizards go this year, how many games they win. Um, you know, we're we're building around Bill. I think this is the path they've chosen, and we'll see if they, you know, if they fall flat on it or not. Um, but yeah, he's got to have a bounce back year. I think I think he's much closer to the player he was with Russ and then the year prior averaging 30 than he is to the guy last year. Um, but ultimately yeah. we're going to find out, right? I think a lot of people have written him off in the fan base and then outside the, well, more so inside the fan base, I would say than outside the fan base. Um, Cause outside the fan base, everybody want him on their damn team, <laughs> but you know, inside the fan base, it just seems like, you know, everybody wants to blow it up and, and think, you know, he's the reason for, uh, you know, 
the lack of success the last four years. So um, he gets a lot of the heat. Um, but heavy is the head that wears the crown, right? So he got to go out and show and prove, man. And I think all those same people that are giving him a lot of, uh, you know, heat, you know, it'll turn into fandom if, if they perform and they win. But I would like to see them do some things functionally on the court that gets him back to the player that he was as a score. Because I think the whole point bill and trying to run the offense stuff, I just think it takes away from his game. Um, Because I think his best attribute is his ability to put the ball in the hoop, being able to play free and kind of attack mismatches. He needs to get back to that instead of trying to be, you know, James Harden or Chris Paul. Like, that's not your game. Like, be Bradley Beal. Sure. Well, is there anything else you got before we head and uh, close this one out today? We got a long episode today. Uh, typically, they we've been hanging around like a half hour recently, but this is a good one where it's going to be above an hour for the first time in a while, I think. So, uh, good stuff, man. Anything else you got? I got nothing, man. Just a quick little funny shout out, man. Shout out, shout out to all the folks on Reddit, man. Uh, 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 defending your boy out oh, there, man. I like I, 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 I appreciate you. y'all, man. You know. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate y'all and it's, it's, it's all love man alright well that's going to do it for us here uh, just to let you know uh, please make sure you're subscribed if you aren't already I don't know why you wouldn't be I think this is one of uh, unbiased opinion one of the best Wizards podcasts out there and, th- and there are some good ones but I think this is one of the better ones. So please make sure you're subscribed to the show, support us. Uh, if you follow us on Twitter, um, hopefully you're listening to the podcast. Leave us a review. I'm always open to, to comments and feedback that you guys have. Rate us five stars. It means a lot. Most people do. Some don't. That's okay. It's not for everyone. But uh, please keep those five stars coming. They really help and support us. They help us um, with sponsor negotiations. That's what I'm trying to help go through right now. Um, so any good positive review, any five-star views, you can really help us out. But that's going to be all for us today. See you next time.